This is the West Concord Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you receive a blessing from today's message. Good morning, church. I am Pastor Richard Reed. I'm one of the associate pastors here at West Concord Baptist Church. Our lead pastor is having a break for this next Sunday, this Sunday and next Sunday, a much needed break, I might add. And so uh, I'm filling in for him while he's gone. And this message that I have for you today is one that has been in my mind for almost a year now. Um, It's a very familiar portion of Scripture. The Scripture is about David and Goliath. I can remember as a kid, uh, and that's been a long time ago, by the way, um, I can remember when they had flannel graph, and that's one of the stories that they told about David and Goliath and how... David defeated Goliath. And uh, about a year ago, I was at my daughter's home and we went to her church and uh, the pastor used uh, a sermon. Now, this is not his sermon because I didn't take any notes, but this is, it, it sparked a thought in me. And so I'm going to share it with you today. The Philistines gathered against Israel. This isn't an uncommon event. This is something that happens on a regular basis. If you get into the Old Testament and read the Old Testament, Israel has had a hard time, mainly because of themselves, not because of God, but because they have uh, turned their back on God. And God says, if you don't straighten out, this is going to happen or that's going to happen or whatever the case might be. But in this case, Saul and his army are pitching their tents near the valley of Elah. And Goliath of Gath, a gigantic man, defies the armies of Israel. The purpose was to end all contests by a single combat. Goliath for the Philistines and whomever Saul appointed to fight him uh, for the Israelites. Saul and his army were quite upset at this point. And matter of fact, they weren't only upset, they were very worried as to what they were going to do. But before we get too deep into this scripture, because I, I will follow through what happens here, I want you to see something more than anything else in this message today. And the thing I want you to see is that God is in control of this situation. And God is in control of every situation that you're going to face or I'm going to face. God is in control of our lives. And especially if we let him know, we can take our lives out of his hands and we do that sometimes by choice, but that's not a good thing to do. And he will help us uh, with any difficulties that we face. So we're going to look a little closer at how God protects the Israelites. But before we do that, we need to have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your love and your grace. It is because of you, Lord, that we're able to gather together around the word of God and to worship. We ask, Father, that you will just bless this time. Lord, let them see the scriptures. Let them see you. Uh, It's not important that they see me, even though I am the mouthpiece for you today. But I ask, Father, that you will be with each and every one that will be listening to this message. I also ask for each and every one that will be listening and also those that might not be listening today that are connected with the church or in our community that might be touched by COVID-19. We ask, Lord, now that you'll be honored and glorified 
uh, through this message and also through the healing of people that are in need. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, again, I'm going to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, chapter 17 is a long chapter. Actually, I believe there's 57 verses uh, in, in chapter 17, actually 58, if you'll excuse me. Um, but I'm not going to obviously have time to read the whole chapter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take portions of that chapter. I'm not taking it out of context. I'm leaving it right where it's supposed to be in the chapter. And I'm going to share with you the, the way that everything happened in this whole event. The first thing we're going to look at is Goliath's challenge. Well, we have to look at first 11 verses. And, and quickly it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephesus and Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and, the Is and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. And a valley, of course, was in between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, excuse me, a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. Now I know this doesn't mean a lot to you, but as I move into my notes, I'll explain what that means. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Well, that kind of sets up the background of what's taking place here. Saul and his army has faced the Philistines more than one time, many times actually. This is not an unknown thing. Uh, but this is a little bit different because now they have this giant of a man, and I'll explain to you how big he was in just a moment, but he's coming out and he is on fighting only one person for the Philistines, but he only wants to fight one person from Israel. Uh, the least he could have done is ask for two or three, but he didn't. He wanted one man and himself to fight it out, and whichever one won, the other one would be the servant of each one of the armies. So when the Israelites saw Goliath, 
the first thing that came to them was fear. Now that's not an uncommon situation either. So when we run into things, fear comes into us. For instance, like last Sunday, we had a 5.1 earthquake uh, on the Richter scale. And we find that a lot of people would just say, did you feel that? Did you do this? Did you feel that? And then we've seen uh, on the news where some buildings were cracked, uh, dishes were thrown on the floor, uh, the many things happened. That brought about some fear. People were scared that were hit the most. Uh, I personally did not feel it, although I do not know why. My wife did, and my sister-in-law did, and I'm in the same household, but I didn't feel it. But when I found out what was going on, I wasn't afraid, of course, but I certainly was feared. And then Wednesday night, one of our deacons said, this whole building that we're in shook. And so as we think about that, that was a tremendous thing. So any little thing will bring a fear to us. But this man is big. I mean, he is a giant in our terms. And he says, uh, they say to themselves, who among us can fight this giant? Saul was looking around, and there certainly weren't any hands of putting him up to volunteer. So what we find here is that uh, as Goliath wanted Israel to send one person to fight him, and the winner would represent a win for the whole army, that was fearful to Israel, because they really didn't have anybody of the same stature and the same size that he was. The question comes to my mind is how many Goliaths do we face on a regular basis and yet get scared that we're going to lose the battle? Let's take our the giant of the pandemic right now. People are some people are saying, "Oh, it isn't so and it doesn't happen that way and so on and so forth." Let me tell you what, it's real. And do not think it isn't because it is. And I know some people don't like to wear masks, and I understand that. I don't like it either, but I'm going to wear one. Now, obviously, I don't have one on now because I'm talking, but uh, when I came in, I had a mask on. And so as we think about this, we're doing this to protect the other person, not so much yourself as the other person. So sometimes we get scared. So Goliath's challenge came to them. Now, as, as that came out, uh, we find that, that the Israelites were afraid. And what I want to bring out to you today is what brought on that fear. First of all, Israel was not depending on God's help. That was the first mistake. But you know, we make the same mistakes on a regular basis. The second thing is the size of Goliath. He was nine foot, nine inches tall. Now, um, many of you may not know Tommy or Tommy um, or the pastor. They're, of course, you know the pastor, but Tommy is a member of our church and a deacon. These men are tall. The pastor, I think, is six foot four. So you've got to add three foot, 3.5 foot, three foot five inches onto the size of our pastor. And then consider, along with that height, the size that he's going to be, the width of his shoulders, the size of his body. He is a tough dude. His armor or breastplate was huge. It only weighed 125 pounds of bronze. 
His javelin had an iron spear headed weighing 15 pounds. This was huge, folks. Could you take 125 pounds, pounds of bronze and carry it around all the time? Because Goliath had his armor on. He was ready to do battle. This was not going to be put on for five minutes and taken back off. This is something that he was going to fight with. This was He was going to do battle with that kind of weight on him. So this kind of gives you an idea of what size of a person he was. But you know, we face huge things in life. And sometimes, just as the Israelites, we forget to trust in God. That's a mistake. Folks, if you're going to trust in anybody, trust in God. Don't trust in yourself. You're going to follow it up. So am I. So trust in God. The second point that I want to share with you is that Goliath is finally challenged. So we would go all the way through the rest of the chapter to verse 33. And 33 through 40 kind of gives you the details of an underdog who appears. Now, why did David appear to the army? Well, he was bringing food to his brothers who was in the Israelite army. And uh, his father had sent him out with some things for his brothers. And in the process of him coming to the camp, the Israelite camp, he heard the challenge. Now, as he was doing that, his curiosity gets the best of him. And so he asks a very common question, what's going on? Now, you got to understand, David isn't a big guy. As a matter of fact, he's a teenager. But he's strong. And where is his strength coming from? Well, we'll see here in just a minute. And as they told him, the Israelites told him, Saul and his brothers told him, his response was, well, I'll go and fight Goliath. And here's this kind of ruddy kid who is not even a full-grown person yet, and he's saying, I'll go ahead and fight this Goliath. I'm sure that people roared when he said that. I mean, it, was, uh, it really was a laughing matter. When you take into consideration he's going after a nine-plus-foot uh, giant and as big as he is and even the weight of his armor, when you think about that, and then here's this little guy coming in, and he's coming into camp now. Yes, David was strong because he said he killed lions and bears and everything else when he was tending sheep, but God always helped him through it. And I guess that's where he realized that he could do the task. So they told him what was going on, and his response was, I'll go. He didn't have any fear. Why not? because God was on his side. And he knew that. He knew that. God was near. So, of course, the first thing that happens is Saul tried to discourage him. <clears throat> David was dis, uh, trying to, excuse me, they were trying to discourage David and uh, his brothers were along with Saul. As a matter of fact, if you remember the story well enough, Saul said, when he finally gave in to David going ahead and fighting the battle, he says, here's some armor. And so he gives his armor to David. Now let's look at this. Saul is a, a grown man. I don't think he was, he was probably normal size. We don't have any great height there, I don't think. But even his armor 
and his shield and everything else was too big for David. Do you see the contrast here? We have this great big giant over nine foot tall, and here's this young guy coming along, and he says, I will fight this giant. How many giants are you fighting today? Or are you backing off like the Israelites do and get afraid? And then you won't face the giants that are coming in your life. You see, David's reply was that he killed lions, he killed bears while watching his father's sheep, and Goliath was no different than they are. And probably he's right in, in many respects. Although I don't know, a giant, uh, a lion doesn't stand up that tall. I would imagine some bears would maybe reach that if they were on their hind legs and up uh, with their feet in the front up over the people. So anyway, David gives the Lord credit. So as we go along here, we go to verses 43 and 44. And as we look at that, we see here, it says, So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Okay, here's the thing. Saul and his brothers were convinced by David that God would take care of him and that he could go ahead and fight Goliath. He took Saul's armor off because it was too heavy, too cumbersome. He couldn't handle it. He said, I'll take care of it. You know, and of course, here's the teenagers. Oftentimes we give our teenagers a rough time because they're, they're new, they're, they're, they're experiencing new things, and they, they say they can do this and that and the other thing, and us older people, we kind of, uh, snicker a little bit in ourselves. No, don't do that. Because when God's in it, a young person's very strong. And he or she will certainly do what God wants her or him to do. So as we look at this, and it says, And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, because David had already started. David was made fun of by Goliath. And verse 44 says, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Well, that is a real threat. So, of course, here's this young fella. He knows that God's with him. He responds to Goliath in verses 45, or excuse me, 40, yeah, 45 and 46. And here's what he says. You come to me, this is continuing on from, from uh, the Philistine. Or no, David says to the Philistine, excuse me, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's the key right there. He went to fight the giant in the name of God. God was the one that was in charge. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. At this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Wow. He had confidence, didn't he? He had faith in God. Do we fight our battles that way? Or do we just say, oh, well, I can handle that. 
You know, a lot of times we go ahead and face things by ourselves. We don't face them with God. And it's something we need to stop and think about these days. Our days are getting worse and worse and worse. We're finding things happening politically. We're finding things happening terror-wise. We're finding things happening riot-wise. We're having racial injustice, as they say. But let me tell you something. God knows what he is doing. I don't necessarily know everything he's doing, but he does. And who am I to question him? After all, he's my creator. He's my heavenly father. And so I need to trust him. I need to have faith in him, just like David. So David replied that he was going to go ahead and cut Goliath's head off. Well, don't you know that giant was just roaring and to think that this little guy was coming up against him. Now, so David takes an unusual weapon, and here's what he did. He took a sling, and as he walked by, there's a little chorus that uh, talks about David in this fight. It says, five little stones he took, and one little stone went into the sling, and the sling went round and round, and one little stone went into the sling, and the sling went round and round, and one little stone went up into the air, and the giant came tumbling down. And my friends, that little chorus has captured the whole battle right there. He took five stones out of a brook as he crossed in through the valley and crossed that brook. And he put four of them in his pocket, his pouch, one in his sling, and he went to face the giant. But more than the giant he was fighting with, or more than the sling he was fighting with, he was fighting with God. Folks, if we fight with God, it's, we're going to win every time. Every time. Now, of course, you have to make sure that that's what God wants you to do, is fight with him. Don't you think that God gave that stone some extra power? I do. I feel like when he went round and round, I'm sure he could really sling it. But the reality of it was it sunk into the head of that very large man, called Goliath. If you go on down through 48 to 51 and then 56 through 57, and I'm not going to take time to read that scripture, but I'd like for you to take time to read it because we find that God wins through David here. God uses an unlikely warrior to defeat a giant. Why not one of the people in the Israelite army who had war weapons? who had a sword, who had a spear, who had a shield. At least they had some protection. No, it's David. He goes up with no protection on him. He goes by himself and just has his sling and a stone. He fought that battle well. The warrior uses an unlikely weapon, a sling and a stone. I was, uh, you know, we have uh, deacons that uh, patrol the property while we're having church on Sunday. And one of my friends who's a deacon said he was on duty this one Sunday. And I said, well, did you bring your sling? Because he doesn't carry a gun, you know. And uh, well, none of our deacons do, really. Uh, but he, I said, did you bring your sling? And he just laughed at me. I said, well, all you need is a sling and one stone. And so we had quite a chuckle over that. But that's how David won. 
Oftentimes, God uses the least likely person or situation to accomplish his will. How about you and me? It's easy for us to sit here and read this story and we can say, oh, that's history. We can just say it's a story. But God uses this. He can use you. He can use me. God can use us. Yes, he can. But the problem is, and this is one of the pet peeves I had as a pastor down through the years, and even yet today, especially with senior adults. So I'm talking to you senior adults right now. Don't tell me that you can't do anything because the reality of it is you do a lot and you can do a lot. And when God is through with you, he's going to take you home. But as long as you have breath and as long as you have life, you can be very effective for the things of God. Don't tell me because you're retired now that it's up to somebody else to do. That's not a good attitude, even though there is some truth to that. But the reality of it is, every one of us, and I'm not just talking to senior adults here, I'm talking to the whole church, we need to realize that God can use us even when we don't think so. We're facing things now, our, our sound crew, our, our, our uh, video crew, all of these folks, they're, they're treading on new, new territory because of this pandemic. I'm sure that uh, those that are doing this for us they didn't even think about doing this back before March. But you know what? God's provided people that have knowledge, technology knowledge, and has ways of doing things that are just phenomenal. And I praise God for these folks because they're very helpful. So how can God use you and me? Well, the first thing is he's got to we've got to realize is that we don't say no to God. We don't want to be like the Israelite army. We need to be like David and say, well, I'll go. I'll do it. You know, now I do realize that there's sometimes we're limited as to what we can or can't do. And you have to use good sense. So I'm not trying to say that everybody can do everything. I understand that. I can't do everything. Um, and I can preach. I can teach. I can do a lot of things. And as long as my head stays straight, I'm okay, but there's some other things that aren't as straight as they could be or what I'd like to have. I can't walk straight. I have braces. So should I stop preaching and teaching? No, I need to continue to go on and do the things that God wants me to do. When God releases me, he'll call me home to be with him. Then at the end, we, we find that David finishes the battle. The stone went up sunk into the head of Goliath. Now, remind, the, the stone sunk into his head. What power that stone had. The end, of course, is a little gory because David, after Goliath is down on the ground, he takes the giant's sword and he cuts off his head and he brings it back to Saul. Can you imagine that? Here's this little guy the, the head was probably heavier than he was, but he was bringing the giant's head back to Saul, showing him that the battle is over and Israel has won. You know, once again, God takes the most unlikely person to win the battle. 
Maybe it's you. Basically, God used a teenager here, but I think he can use anybody. Anybody that's willing to do what God wants them to do. The question then we come about uh, to ask you is, as we close here is, are there any giants in your life that need to be taken care of? Maybe something that you're afraid of. Maybe it's the government. Maybe it's a, a lawyer. Maybe it's a doctor. Maybe it's a health issue. Uh, lots of people are having health issues right now, not just COVID-19, but other issues. It doesn't stop gallbladder attacks. It doesn't stop heart attacks. None of that stops. That just continues to go as normal. But the pandemic adds to it. But God will win for you, through you. Don't turn around and hide and run away. Face the giant. Because let me tell you, God will help you if you'll lean on him. As a matter of fact, God wants you to lean on him. He wants you to trust him. So my challenge to you today is, as David went after this big guy, knowing all the time that God was with him, that you face your giants and your challenges the same way that David did, knowing that God's right there with you and giving you the strength and the knowledge and everything that you need to win the battle. Folks, God bless you. Don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord. And he will always, always come through. For additional sermon resources and to find out who we are, visit us online at westconcordchurch.com. Thanks for listening.